Welcome, dear one. These are Catalyst Conversations, and I'm Anya, a facilitator and leadership mentor, and the founder and guide of the Catalyst Leadership Immersion. This fall, I sat down to talk one-on-one with members of the 2020 cohort. They are some of the most wise, compassionate, complex, creative people I know, and I'm honored to share them and their work with all of you. Listen in as we dive into honest dialogue about what it means to use our businesses as vehicles for our values, as we show up imperfectly and courageously in our work, in this fractured world, making our way together. Claire Critter is a clinical herbalist and holistic wellness consultant, astrologer, flower essence practitioner, herbal educator, and lover of plants. Using medicinal herbs, food and nutritional guidance, flower essences, astrology, harm reduction, and self-care practices, Claire works holistically to support her clients on their path towards wellness. When we talked, Claire had just made an epic cross-country journey to her new home in the Midwest after living in Portland for many years. Our conversation was also right on the cusp of the election. Our Catalyst cohort had just come to a close, and we were both kind of sitting with the lack of grounding that can come from big change, and especially a lot of big changes all at once. During our conversation, Claire shared some really tangible ways to move anxiety through the body and simple steps to invite in a sense of groundedness. We also talked about observing and trusting the cycles that exist in nature and looking to winter as a time of integration of the upheaval, grief, and learning and change of the last many months, which I really took comfort in as winter is usually a season that I struggle with. So I had some real ahas here. I experience Claire as such a wise and generous soul, a playful and silly human, and such a gifted healer. I'm really glad for you to know her. Let's dive in. Well, my dear Claire, I am so looking forward to our conversation today and getting to dive deep with you for 40 minutes. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited. (sighs) I would love to just begin by hearing how you're doing in this moment when we are Recording this conversation, we are just days away from the election. And I know that you have just journeyed, made an epic journey across the country and are settling into a new state, a new home, and a new rhythm. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear just, just how you're doing, where you're at energetically right now. Yeah. It's a good question. I was reflecting on that earlier this morning, and I find that it's actually really hard for me to have the words for that right now because I feel like I'm existing 
in all kinds of different ways at the moment. Like there's a big part of me that's just like in my head, kind of in my anxious body, wondering what's coming, looking to the future, like really just out of my body in a lot of ways, just with so much going on and so much to pay attention to and so much unknown. And like we're approaching such a culminating moment and such a journey that we've all collectively been on. So it's just intense. And I'm having trouble sometimes feeling like I'm actually really in my body and really present. And then on the other hand, yeah, I did just move across the country back to where I'm from, Wisconsin, and I'm living on this little piece of land. And it's like every time I step outside, I'm just like instantly, maybe not fully and completely back into my body, but like so much more present in my body as soon as I go outside. Like my body feels so at home here in a lot of ways. And so it feels like almost like this yo yo thing where if I can just remember to go outside, then I'm just a lot more present. And it doesn't mean that like that anxiety and that fear and all the things that are swirling through my mind, it doesn't mean that those go away when I step outside, but I just feel like I'm able to channel them through my body and I don't know, kind of like into something else. Like I've been going for a lot of walks at night or I leave when it's, you know, kind of starting to be evening and then it's usually dark by the time I get back. And I've noticed like at the tail end of the walk when it gets really dark, we get back to our little dead end road and I can let my dog off the leash and I feel a lot more just like free in that moment because I'm not holding on to him. And I've noticed myself, I've started talking out loud to like the plants and to the stars. And it's almost like I'm like asking for what I need from the things that are around me. And it feels really like freeing. And I feel like it really also helps me manage my anxiety. And what ends up happening is I'll be like talking to like the sky or something about like all these things that are going through my mind. And then it helps me really clarify what it is I then need to do in order to help me work through my anxiety or be more present. And sometimes that looks like going home and making a meal. And sometimes that looks like signing up for another volunteer shift for like making calls around the state of Wisconsin or something like that. Like it really depends on the day and what feels needed in that moment. But it's been a really helpful practice for me. Mm. So yeah. So in this moment though, I feel, I feel okay. (laughs) I feel, (laughs) I feel present with you. I feel present with you. I, I really resonate with what you're saying just around like holding the duality of this time that like for me just being in sort of the swirl of of the energy of what is coming and you know we're having a big transition too with our catalyst cohort coming to a close and there's just like Mm -hmm. a lot of these big changes that sometimes I can kind of like feel really swirled up in and then there is another part of me as well that is feels really rooted in in hope and mm-hmm. and my body and the present and like I can really channel that and and tap into that but I love what you're saying about just the immediacy of of going outside and how that can shift it and it's like it strikes mm-hmm. me as like you're really getting grounded, like literally getting grounded with your feet on the earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yeah. that, that is like that immediate reset. Yeah. Or like today I'm looking outside and it's really gray again today. And my body's kind of like, oh, no, I don't want to go out there. It's really cold and gray. And like, I'd rather just stay inside and stay warm. But as soon as I go outside, it's like, 
I hear the sound of the wind and the like few remaining bird sounds. And there's all this like texture to -hmm. being outside that I forget exists when I'm inside that just immediately brings me back to myself. And yeah, it's just important for me to remember that as I'm going through my days. I, I need that reminder too, especially like with the time change and the darker days and mm-hmm. cold. My inclination is to just be like, nope, I have my tea and my blanket and my slippers. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm going to stay cozy. But yeah, just the remembering to go outside and what that can do. And I don't know if you want to share a little bit more about your practice of really asking for what you need from the element. I love that so much. And yeah. 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 It's not really very formal. It kind of just happens spontaneously. And, you know, I'm an astrologer. So sometimes I'll like look up and see Jupiter in the sky and be like, Jupiter, I could really use your help right now. (laughs) Like sometimes (laughs) it's just like talking to these like specific energies that I believe exist. And other times it's just like, I'm kind of just talking to myself. It really it really depends. It's pretty rare that I like intentionally, you know, talk to the elements as the elements, if that makes sense. It's more just like talking to the things that are around me in that moment and whatever feels like wants to be in conversation with me mm-hmm. or I want to be in conversation with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like what is in your actual field kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, I'm going to try that. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It feels like the closest thing to prayer that I do. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And it just feels to me like you're never alone then, really. Mm -hmm. Like you always have this team that you can call on. Yes. And I've been thinking about that so much in the context of moving into winter here, because this is my first time really moving into, well, my first time in many years moving into a winter that's like, you know, a winter, like a far north winter with really short days and really cold and hopefully lots of snow. And yeah, I think it's just important for me moving into this time of year when the signs of life are really different than they are for much of the rest of the year to find those energies and to be in relationship with them in some way when, you know, it's the winter. Things are, it can be harder to feel that connection when it's cold and everything appears to be dead. Yeah. Yeah. And like you have that strong pull to just be inside Mm -hmm. and not connect in that way. Yeah. And especially with like coronavirus and the lack of kind of human connection that I know I'll be feeling once it gets really, really cold. I just feel like finding those other forms of connection is going to be, it's always important, but I feel like it's going to be so much more important this year than I've ever really experienced in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like, Claire, you are so good at really welcoming practices that nurture you and then helping us to engage those practices as well. And I wonder if in addition to what you're talking about, what you're sharing, if there are other practices that you know really serve you in these times that are like full of transition and upheaval and unknown, what, mm-hmm. what other practices help you really stay in your body and stay hopeful? 
Yeah. Well, a lot of them are really simple things that I think a lot of people know and do, which is like making sure to eat three times a day and to make my meals nourishing and also enjoyable. Like I feel like that's really important for me right now when things just feel a little stark and scary in the world is finding those really kind of accessible avenues towards pleasure. So making my food taste really good. I work with a lot of different herbs that just help my nervous system feel grounded and help my body feel nourished and also just like the ritual of drinking tea, like something warm. I think what all of these things do is they just kind of help my animal body feel safe and feel comfortable Mm -hmm. so that while everything feels so intense, at least there's that, at least like I know that I can be safe in, you know, all the small ways that I have control over. Mm -hmm. So those are, I mean, sleeping enough, like we're talking about getting outside, like just the really, really basic practices. I feel like they're so obvious and a lot of people are like, well, duh. But when you actually do those things every day, it makes a huge difference. And I think, and it's, you know, it's a practice. Not all of us can do those really simple self-care practices every single day perfectly as much as we'd like to. But when we do have those times in our life when we're able to really invest in them and engage with them, they make such a big difference and they make us so much more resilient and grounded for when things feel scary or feel unknown. Yeah. And I just like for myself, when I get kind of caught in that loop of anxiety or, you know, fear or whatever it is, having just those practical ways of like holding a cup of tea in my hands and drinking the liquid and tuning into how that feels as it's like moving through my body that Mm -hmm. it just feels like, oh, like (laughs) it's an integration kind of, it's like out of the like, yeah. yeah. I think that that's the key piece actually is like a lot of us can go through our days, like eating really good foods, drinking tea, doing all these things. But I feel like the piece that really makes it what you're saying integrated is that presence piece of like remembering, like even if you're not present, your entire meal and maybe start by taking a few deep breaths or like smelling your food and really like noticing how it smells before you start eating or for the Mm -hmm. first few sips of tea, checking in with your body and kind of using it as a way to be present with yourself. And yeah, because I mean, we can like throw foods and throw herbs at us all we'd like, but unless we're using those moments as opportunities to be present, I mean, the impact is just so much greater and I think we'll be so much more grounded. Yeah. And it's like, can be just such a subtle a subtle reset that can have such significant impact, I think, if we do just cultivate a little bit of that noticing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You said something, and I know I've now repeated it many times because it really resonated with me, but in the facilitation that you shared with our cohort about flower essences, mm-hmm. just this sensibility that like whatever liquid is in front of us while we're having a conversation becomes imbued with the energy of that conversation. Mm-hmm. And then you can like, you can consume it. You can take it in. That has really just stuck with me so strongly. Yeah. Because, and I feel like that is that piece of noticing. It's like everything that we're doing, all the conversations that we're having, like that impacts us and how can we cultivate some of that intentionality 
and, and bring that into our bodies in a different way. So like, yeah. as I'm drinking my hot water and lemon, <laughs> as we're talking, like knowing that that is infused with the energy of our conversation, there's something that just really delights me and excites me about that awareness. Yeah, I love that. I've never thought about it in the context of more intentionally. I mean, I guess I have, but what you were saying about intentionally then working with the energy of a conversation to kind of help integrate it and embody it. I just love that. That's Mm -hmm. so beautiful. Me too. I really love it. And I just, you know, I think about the collective conversations that we have as a cohort and mm-hmm. kind of the magic of that space and that shared energy and then to to take it one step further of like the tea that we're sipping on as we are in that shared space really becomes part of that medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other side of that too is like the way of taking something that you don't want to be holding on to and giving Mm -hmm. it to water or to some liquid that's near you and then pouring that out and giving it back to the earth or, you know, whatever. But I like that too, like having this kind of intentional way of working with energy that feels, you know, it becomes elemental rather than just being out there. Yeah. It's so intriguing to me. Well, and I feel like so much of the work that you do as a healer, as an herbalist, as a guide in that space is really inviting people to, to like take medicine into their own hands, to take healing into their own hands and hearts. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big part of it. My whole kind of approach is like, I will help you on your journey, but you are the expert of your own body. You know, Ultimately, like I'll tell you what I know, what I think would be helpful, but it's ultimately up to you to decide what feels good and at what timing and in what way you're going to engage with that suggestion. And I mean, my whole goal when I work with someone is for them to come away from that work together feeling really attuned to themselves and to have the language and the skills to be able to just listen to their body a little bit more so that they don't necessarily need to go to someone else when Mm. they, you know, or, you know, I want people to be able to go to other people or to go to other practitioners, but that they have the skills to be able to just kind of know what their body's telling them and to start from that place rather than, I don't know, immediately going to someone else to look for answers, which of course there's a time and a place for that. But just to have more of that kind of embodied knowing and sense of attunement to self is really important for Which me. Which I feel like culturally we're not really supported to do. Like that isn't really a taught skill. No. Right? Like isn't the usually the direction is like, oh, you're feeling unwell, seek external wisdom and expertise and mm-hmm. not necessarily like tune into your your trust and your own inclination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're really not given, and I feel like I'm still learning this for myself, but we're really not given tools around how to really listen to our bodies. Like we're not even given basic body literacy. Like I think back to sex ed in middle school and how amazing that experience could be mm-hmm. if 
at least for me, I'm sure some people have good experiences with it. But for me, like I learned a little bit about like what a period is and what sex is and how babies are made and things like that. But I wasn't taught anything about like what that process actually looks like or feels like in a body and like how to read different symptoms and Mm -hmm. how to know when like something's perfectly normal versus like maybe I should like get some help on it or whatever. So yeah, I mean, we're really not given any sort of definitely not any like holistic health education in a bigger, more institutionalized way. And yeah. Yeah. I'm remembering my like sex ed experience. I think we had like bags of flour that we had to carry around. Mm. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. it was just not, there was no nuance (laughs) to the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that's changed. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure in some places it has. Yeah. 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 We're not given full set usually. Yeah. And then on top of that, like there's no space for it too. Like if you're at work and you get a headache and maybe you know like, oh, it's because I'm tired and stressed out and what I really need is a nap. You can't go nap at work. Like you just have to take the Tylenol and move on with your day too. So it's also out of our hands in a lot of ways too. Mm-hmm. And then it just, I mean, it's just easier to take Advil a lot of times than it is to like totally rearrange your day to get rid of a headache. So, which I really relate to. I do that too. We all do. I wonder if um, just with COVID times and how that it has reshaped our work life for so many people, if I think this is maybe not true, but I'm just curious if there's a way that people are able to kind of notice and tend to their body needs and desires differently. If you're not in the office, like, could you lay down for a half an hour if you have a headache in the afternoon? Or could you, mm-hmm. you know, notice that you really need to move and stretch your body and go for a walk where you might not be able to do that in a cubicle otherwise? I mean, I imagine that's a little bit out of reach for folks, even when they're at home because they're juggling so many other dynamics. And things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it depends on the person and their work and if they have kids around or whatever it is going on for them. Yeah, but I hope, I mean, hopefully people are able to do really small things like sit in a more comfortable chair or, yeah, I mean, even like taking like a two minute break where you go outside and take a few deep breaths can be so refreshing and rejuvenating or remembering to drink more water throughout the day is so important. Or like what I said before, like if you're eating a meal, maybe you still have to eat the meal at your computer, but can you stop for literally 10 seconds before you eat and just take a breath with your food before you eat it? So hopefully there's ways that working from home creates a little bit more space and freedom. I'm not sure. Yeah. But even, I mean, (laughs) yeah. And like a lot of those things, even if you're in an office, can be accessible too. Like you know, taking a deep breath, (laughs) it can take like three seconds and hopefully there's space in someone's day to at least do that. Drinking water, those things are generally accessible. They just require remembering to do them. Right. Intentionality around the doing. Mm -hmm. Do you find that people are coming to you with real clarity about kind of the health journey that they want to go on? Or are they coming kind of with more of a complexity of desires and the work is kind of excavating that or somewhere else? Yeah, I think it feels like a big range. 
there are people, I feel like people who are more familiar with my work, like maybe they know me outside of my work or have been reading my newsletters for a long time or following me, they tend to come to me with a little bit more of a desire to work on some sort of like, you know, physical healing thing together. But then also there's this desire to like connect much more deeply with plants and to be learning about plants and to be kind of engaging in this more multi-dimensional relationship with plants and their own bodies. And then I have people who come to me who, you know, or maybe just referred to me and they just would rather like address this one thing and that's what we do. And that's also totally great. So yeah, it's kind of a big range. I love working with people when they're really invested in their own curiosity about plants Mm -hmm. and wanting to like, like take what we do together and really be able to expand upon it themselves in their own lives, maybe grow some plants or start making their own medicine or whatever it is. I, it's just so fun (laughs) to Mm -hmm. work with people when they're doing that because I mean, it's just fun. It's like, feels really creative and playful and exciting. And yeah, I really enjoy it. Will you tell us a little bit about the mentorship experience that you will be inviting people into in the new year? I know that it's like still very much in the works, Mm -hmm. but whatever you want to share, I would love for, for people to hear a little taste of that. Yeah. So it's not totally different from how I've already been working with clients, but it's basically a package that someone will purchase that allows us to work one-on-one together where I am the herbalist and they are my client and together we'll explore some sort of, you know, healing theme or issue or something that they want to address in their bodies and on their healing journeys. And we'll meet three times and the whole experience has, I'm just kind of like cushioning it and bulking it up into something where I'm hoping at the end of this time together, they come away really with the tools we've already been discussing, like the tools to be really embodied, to hold themselves accountable, to practicing embodiment, to learning how to listen to their body in a more profound way, to really trusting their body Mm -hmm. and trust that whatever it's telling them is like for them, like their body is on their side. It's communicating something, no matter how that feels for them to listen to, Mm. to really trust in the plants and to like kind of feel this magic that I feel when I'm working really deeply with plants. And yeah, so what it like logistically looks like is we'll meet three different times. There's always the initial intake, which lasts up to two hours. We go really, really in depth and then two hour long follow-ups. And then in between all those sessions, there will be other shorter follow-ups just to kind of check in on how it's going, see if they're able to take the herbs, like what's working, what's not working, just space to kind of connect and troubleshoot and things like that. And they'll get medicine after each, after each session that we have together, some custom herbal medicine for them, which can look like lots of different things. It could be teas, it could be tinctures, flower essence blends, probably a combination of all three of those. Sometimes I send like body oils or salves or bath salts. Mm, Yes, please. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's really fun for me. And they'll also get a welcome package and, you know, just little kind of fun care packages along the way. 
and I'm creating a lot of resources, like handouts, packets, and zines, and recipes, and things like that, so that people will have this information forever, not just while we're working together. And then I'm creating, just giving you all the details, I'm creating a recipe database on my website. And the last piece is hopefully the people who sign up will also have access to three to five free classes throughout the course of time we're working together. So it's like a package to work with me, but hopefully it's so much more than that. And people will, you know, feel really, really resourced along the way. And then also once our journey together is over. Well, yeah, it really sounds like a healing journey. It's not a one-time session, but it's this ongoing, really dynamic relationship. And I love what feels like, you know, all of these resources, this library of like recipes and experiences and classes that they can engage in that are things I imagine you are really connected to and passionate about. And then there's also the really personalized relationship that you would cultivate with each client. That's like about what they're working on specifically, which is, I love it. Yeah. That's what I'm most excited about is getting just to like share all this information that I feel like really is applicable to so many different people. But then to also have that piece, which is a huge focus of the work together of actually like focusing in on them and their needs and their desires for it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, the beauty of holistic healing is it can be really complex, but so often the things that work consistently for so many different people, for so many different things that they're working through are the same in a lot of ways. It's like those really, really basic tenets of like resting nourishment, drinking enough water, having a relationship with nature, like really, really simple things. And I really try to emphasize that over, you know, really complex herbal formulas or like taking a thousand different supplements and things like that. Like I really just want people to feel like there's these really basic things that, you know, might not solve all your problems, but will definitely make your baseline feel better so that whatever it is you're working through hopefully comes a little bit more easefully. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I just, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I, I would say that across my community of friends and family and clients, I mean, this year has been profound on so many levels and really, really challenging, obviously, on so mm-hmm. many levels. And I just have this sort of overall sense that people really are are struggling in their physical and energetic and emotional bodies. And that how I've described it with some folks is that it's like our wells are not full. Our wells are really depleted. And so then mm-hmm. when like other little things happen, we just don't have the resilience or the resources that we might have had before. And so, I mean, I just, I think the work that you do is so, so essential and so deeply healing. And I really just see a vast need for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes me think of like how I always kind of imagine holistic healing is as there's like a matrix or an ecosystem of healing. And it's never one thing that kind of makes 
our problems go away, obviously. But that like, you know, we can sleep a little more, which makes it easier for us to do our job. And we can also advocate for a world that's more just and more healthy so that we're just healthier as a society to begin with. Or, you know, like we can do as much work as we want with plants to help alleviate stress and to feel more grounded and to feel less anxious. But unless we're also addressing those things on like a bigger picture level, Mm. it's just kind of like putting a bandaid on it, you know, or it's harm reduction. It's Mm -hmm. very important. It's so important. But I really see it as like this matrix where healing looks like a combination of many, many different small things that have this bigger kind of shared goal of a society or an individual that just is thriving or feels safe in their body and feels comfortable in their body and feels like they have access to the resources they need in order to live the way they want to be living. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that that has to happen kind of in tandem that the sort of like internal and the systems, the individual and the communal, and that when we feel more resourced and well in our bodies, we are also able to better show up for the work that we're doing in the world, the mm-hmm. change that we're, we're creating, that we're committed to. Yeah. And then vice versa, the more resource, resourced we feel like politically and sociologically and things like that culturally, mm. you know, we're going to feel a little bit better in our bodies too. So it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so good so it's just so I mean always timely but I just feel it very much right now in this moment that we are in Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I feel like that's one of the big kind of lessons of our time which not just 2020 and the pandemic but kind of this longer chapter that we've been in that's built up to this moment of really acknowledging that it is both ways. Like yeah. we need to heal at a systems level and we need to heal at an individual level and they're kind of the same and they influence each other. Will you talk a little bit more about how your work is rooted in a justice lens? We do a lot of work in in the cohort experience about like values clarification and creating justice rooted offerings that are really embedded and i know that you have done a lot of work around that will you talk a little bit more about what that looks like and feels like for you in your work yeah i feel like i'm still figuring it out in a lot of ways and i think a lot of it has to do with what we were just talking about how there's kind of this like systems mm-hmm. approach that I don't necessarily take that approach with every client, but it's kind of always in the back of my mind as I engage with other things in my life. But it's, it's interesting because in my work, it's just me. Like I'm just like a person and I have a business and I work with clients, but it's really just me. And so it's like the way that justice shows up in my life is just kind of like the way that I'm trying to engage with things that for me feel like are helping the world move towards a more just place. Mm-hmm. And so it looks really different on different days. Like some days it looks like donating a bunch of money. Some days it looks like making phone calls. 
Some days it looks like just talking to my friends about the things that I care about or like this conversation, just talking about like holistic healing on like a systems level. Yeah. So it looks really different in different times. But I do think kind of behind all of my work, there is this idea that like I work one-on-one with people, but like I have, like it's so important to also be addressing the context within which people live so that, you know, they feel resourced and have access to the things that they need in like a larger societal way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, before I became an herbalist, I was working in nonprofits, specifically doing grant making for grassroots feminist movements around the world. And it was really inspiring work. And I like got to work with all these different activists. And I learned so, so, so much about intersectional feminist movement building. But within that space, I just knew I wanted to work more deeply one-on-one with people, which is kind of what led me to herbalism in some ways, is I wanted to work, like sit down with someone and, you know, work with them, help them work through something more directly. Mm-hmm. And, but all of the things that I learned in that feminist space, I feel like are still such a part of my worldview around, you know, just like how to like create sustainable change in the world and what that looks like in a real grassroots and justice oriented way and intersectional way. Yeah. And I think there are some things so fundamentally justice rooted in your relationship to healing and having a personalized approach to your work with each client. Yeah. And that I would like, also, sorry, no, you can finish your thought. I was just going to say that like also really inviting and encouraging them to have their own sense of what it, what it feels like to be well and like trusting intuition and cultivating their relationship with plants and with medicine. Like that feels mm-hmm. to me so rooted in a value of justice and yeah. 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 And I would hope that like, you know, when I work with people and I'm sure this doesn't always translate perfectly with every client, but my intention is really for them to feel like I'm there to support them, but they're ultimately like the guide and the expert of their own body. And I hope that me having that trust in them also feels like it's kind of shifting the power dynamic between us and yeah, helping them to feel like, you know, they, it's like equal, we're equal. They're not coming to me so I can tell them this top-down information. We're together in a room just talking and coming up with solutions together. Yeah. And then you do come with like all of your knowledge around mm-hmm. plants and medicine and astrology yeah. and yeah. 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 Mm. I I really wanted to ask you about sort of like plant wisdom or astrology wisdom as we really move full force into the winter mm-hmm. time. <laughs> and, <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> by the time people are listening to this conversation, we will have moved through the election. And so I just, you know, as you, you ask the sky or the trees for, 
for wisdom on your walks? You know, like, are there, are there lessons that we can glean from the astrological moment, from the way that plants uh, move in winter that can, mm-hmm. can be a compass for us? Yeah. That's big. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I was <laughs> reflecting on that this morning and I was like, oh my God, winter is coming. And yet this whole year has felt like, like a winter year. Mm-hmm. Like we've just been inside more, we've been more isolated. I feel like I've really been working with like the energy of death a lot and like thinking about my own mortality and like feeling the mortality around me and the people in my life who are older and like, and myself, like, I just feel like it's been a year that feels really wintry to me. And so I was thinking like, okay, how, how are we going to go into winter and just not be really impatient Mm. and just stay present with this seasonal transition that's happening that I personally, usually I really look forward to it. And this year it feels really challenging because I just think it's, I don't know. I'm just anticipating a winter that feels a little unstable and unpredictable and a little bit darker than normal and a lot more isolated than normal too with the pandemic. So I'm not really, <sighs> not really looking forward to it this year as much as I normally am. But so I was I dread, thinking, I was like, I dread winter usually. Yeah. I usually like the first few months I can get really into the coziness of it. And then, you know, late winter, I start to get really impatient, but Usually the first month or two, I, I, feel, I, get, I like it. I like the coziness of it. But yeah, so I was like, how can plants help us right now? Like, or, like how, or like, how am I going to prepare emotionally for this winter that's coming when I'm so kind of over this wintry feeling that we've been living in? And I mean, I really don't have any answers to that question. I feel like it's I'm fair. still figuring that out. <laughs> but one thing is like that I return to over and over and over again in my work is really just trusting in and observing the cycles that exist in nature and like going outside, watching the leaves fall. Eventually the world will look so barren here and be so gray and brown and, you know, no obvious signs of life around me. And just that act of trusting that the life is there. I just can't see it. And knowing that it's like below the surface and that it will come again and that you know, it sounds kind of cheesy to like know that like summer will come again, whether that's like actual summer or like metaphorical summer. But just like being really present with that knowing that life is there somewhere beneath the surface as a way to stay patient and to stay present in this time that I really just want to kind of escape from. Yeah, that is, that's really just a helpful thing to remember. And I think too of not only like will summer come again, but that the winter is necessary, that like Mm -hmm. that is an essential part of, of the process. Yeah. Yeah. And not, I mean, and you could say that about this whole year too, everything we're going through is being this like healing crisis culturally. Mm. I hope so. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to like put it in these like terms like that where, I don't know, I don't want to name what it is because we don't know what it is yet, but I mean, just the amount of like learning and waking up and just the conversations I'm having with people in my life who really didn't think about these things before this year is, you know, I'm hopeful that some sort of healing is coming out of this time that we're all going through. Mm. But yeah. Me too. And I wonder, 
just hearing you say that, I wonder if winter can really be that time of, of integration of like, mm-hmm. like there has been, there's been so much upheaval and grief and amazing change over the last eight months, however long. And I wonder if winter is just kind of that like integration space and rest mm-hmm. space and like letting it all absorb and percolate and so that we can kind of make something new from all the pieces. Yeah. That gives me a little bit of hope. Ooh, yeah. I really <laughs> like you framing it that way. That feel and it feels really appropriate. That feels true for me too, going into the season. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it's a time of integration. Yeah. That feels like yeah. good permission for for me. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever done a long backpacking trip? Kind of. Yeah. Like several weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's long. I just keep comparing, well, not entirely, but like in my body, when I think about the pandemic and how it just feels like it's just, we don't know when it's going to end and it's lasted a while now. I keep thinking of like a backpacking trip when you're backpacking and you are thinking about all the food you want to eat that you don't have access to. (laughs) You've just been eating camp food and how you know like the longer you're going to be backpacking, the better, the most simple food will be when you finally Mm -hmm. have access to it. I keep thinking about winter that way. It's like, Mm. okay, summer will be that much sweeter. (laughs) I can just It's like that fresh salad that you just like really crave. Yeah, or like a burger. I think about a burger (laughs) every time I think about it. I love it. Love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll make it through to the burger, the burger and the salad. Mm -hmm. We'll get there. I hope so. (laughs) I hope so too. I hope so too. I really think to just to reframe this time that we're entering into feels useful because we're going. Yeah. Going into it. Mm -hmm. It's happening. Yeah. Well, my dear one, will you tell folks how they can find you and connect with your work and learn more about your mentorship? Yeah, I am on Instagram. So that's one way. And it's my business name, which is Winter Sister Herbals. So that's winters.sister.herbals. But the best way I feel like to actually learn about my work is to sign up for my newsletter because I just, I really love writing my newsletters, I put a lot of energy into them and I share a lot there. But you can sign up on my website, which also has a lot of information, which is clairecritter.com. And so that's C-L-A-R-E-K-R-I-T-T-E-R. And then on my website, there's a little tab that says contact and you can sign up for my newsletter there. I know that I'm biased, but I really think that our cohort sends the best newsletters. Yeah, I do too. It's, there's a lot of good wisdom. Your newsletters are them. like such a joy and so full of information and beauty and you write so stunningly. Thank so, you. Yeah, yeah, I love them. Yeah, I love them too. And you're going to send them a little more frequently, right? Yep. I'm going to start sending them roughly once a week. I'm sure there'll be some weeks when I don't, but a few more times a month but they'll be shorter and not so packed with information, but, you know, still hopefully very informative. 
And like what a lovely winter invitation to settle in with our hot beverage and <laughs> tune mm-hmm. into our breath and read some beautiful words from Claire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope people do that when they read it. Really get yeah. present. Yeah, I feel like it's a beautiful invitation to do that. Thank you. <sighs> Thank you so much for this really rich and beautiful conversation. Yeah. Will you leave folks with a question to ponder or to journal or to take on a walk? Yeah. I think my question, I was thinking about this one earlier. I think it really just has to do with winter and just inviting people to check in with themselves around all the different processes they've been going through, all the different questions they've been learning about or answering this year, where they're at in these different areas of their life and really sit with them and just to reflect on how they can stay present with all of that. And then what you said earlier, how, like what's wanting to be integrated as we go into this kind of darker, quieter time of year where we'll have a lot more stillness and a lot more time, Mm -hmm. internal time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just winter. Like, what's, what's the winter medicine that is calling to you? Mm. Yes, winter can be a medicine. Mm-hmm. You can find medicine in winter. <laughs> yes. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you yeah, so you're much welcome. for chatting and for all that you shared today and all of the amazing work that you do in the world. So yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for inviting me to have this conversation. This was really lovely. Absolutely. And for all the work you do. I mean, the cohort was so life-changing and amazing. And so, yeah, thank you so much for that. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us for this Catalyst conversation. I would love to know what's resonating for you or what new questions this conversation inspired. Also, the next Catalyst Leadership Immersion will begin in January 2021. If you're feeling the call to circle up in beloved community, to catalyze your heart work, and to contribute your unique remedy into this fractured time, I hope you'll join us. You can learn more via my website, anyahankin.com, and I'd love to connect over on Instagram. I'm at Anya Hinkin. Extra special thanks to my friend Robin Jackson for the music and Brooke Bradford for podcast editing and to the catalysts who have shared their truth here and to you for listening in. I look forward to continuing the conversation.